You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. This is the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the entire Locked On Network, which started with the NBA, and now we are rolling big time through the NFL, all your favorite teams. I am a former NFL scout. I was a college scout recruiter, basically, for the last for three years before that. I was at ESPN after my time at the Browns. And I've been talking to you guys pretty much ever since. And the podcast is rolling. Especially, I appreciate all the great feedback and would love for you to keep it up. Spread the word. Leave me a note on iTunes, a review. That would be great. And go check out the rest of the pod. But here's what's going on. Um... This will be the last ones of these, and I'm curious what you thought of the last two podcasts as well. But I have two really good interviews queued up here. One is with Brandon Hunt. He is the director of pro personnel for the Steelers. And it's a really good interview about what do the guys on the pro side do when the combine's going on. And there is some overlap, and he'll tell you all about that. And then I was on Old Buddy Pod Vader's podcast last night. And he sent me that file because it's a real similar conversation where he's asking me from a fan perspective, asking a former scout what all is going on at the Combine and how medicals work and all the the behind-the-scenes things. So that's what I have for you today. I want to play those two interviews. I think you'll like them quite a bit. Um, I also wanted to let you know that... The rest of the week should be pretty normal. I mean, and we're going to talk to Mark tomorrow. We're going to talk to Sando on Thursday. On Friday, I have a little something different for you. I am going to do my first mock draft of the year, and there's more to that. I'll tell you about that then. And I'm also trying to line up another draft guy from the, during the rest of the week at some point. So I might have four podcasts for you. That would be perfect. That would be ideal. That's what I'm shooting for. And over these next two days, of course, we will talk a lot of the franchise tagging, get more into like the Nick Foles situation, maybe A-B trades, getting more words on that. A lot of goings-on around the league. As usual, it is a busy time in the NFL. So without any further ado, let's get to these two interviews. I think you'll like them quite a bit. Wesley Euler and Matt Williamson back with you now after handing things off there to Matt and Dale for a few minutes. But we are excited to be joined by Brandon Hunt, the Steelers Pro Scouting Coordinator. Brandon, thank you for taking the time to do this on what I'm sure is a uh, a busy week for you. Absolutely. Blessed to be a part of this. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm excited to kind of nerd out and do a little scouting talk with yeah, you a I'll little bit you, here. You know what, I'm going to get out of here. I'll let you guys have it. <laughs> so you're on the pro side, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is obviously a college gathering. I mean, what are your responsibilities here as an NFL scout? So the cool thing about um, the way the department is structured Mm -hmm. is uh, Kevin Colbert, who was also in my position when he was in Detroit, was taught by Ron Hughes. Rest in peace. He just recently passed. But Mm -hmm. Ron and Kevin always believed in inclusion, uh, keep everybody involved. So I do do the pro department, but <clears throat> during the season I'm also doing some college stuff. Okay. And as soon as the free agency so there's ends. There's a little bit of overlap for you. Yeah, there's an overlap, okay. and as soon as free agency ends, then everybody's full-time college. Right. So I, um, I don't think people realize that, that you'll start cross-checking and maybe yes. you'll get a position group. I don't know how exactly you guys structure it. but We've got some cross-check work. We do some juniors um, at the All-Star Games. You have a position, and then when we get here, um, 
everybody's all in. Okay. Um, just some general scouting. I wanted to get your, your opinions on things, and I have some of my own, obviously. To me, the number one thing that you get out of this week is the medical. And do you totally agree with that? I mean, obviously, 40s are nice, and you get to talk to these guys. But if you get to pick one thing that you get out of it, I think the medical is most important. Medical's huge because you really get the, the truth of what where this guy is, mm-hmm. where he's been. Where he comes out, we obviously get a ton from the interviews as well. It's right. the first time to get our hands on these players, get to talk to them, you know, get to get to ask free questions that you can't ask during the school year, um, and get some of that background information that you might not have had before. So is it fair to say though that if 32 team doctors look at player X's knee, maybe 31 of them have one opinion and one has another, or 28 and four, or I mean, they all make their own decisions. Absolutely, so. everybody has independent. Uh, decisions and I think um, you know some of them share information but at the end of the day you know whatever your uh, doctors say mm-hmm. that's the that's the information that's going to come back if none of us went to med school you got to trust those guys right correct. <laughs> yeah. correct. you mentioned the interviews and I kind of had mixed feelings about the interviews when I went through that process from this you know this the team side of it is then it was you know 15 minutes a horn blows and they go to the next one and I always felt like they can kind of fudge their way through 15 minutes. But, you know, what's your opinion on that? I mean, it's kind of tough. It is tough. You know, 15 minutes, you're not going to get the full story on every player. Mm-hmm. Um, these players do take that thing honestly, and, and you get the best that you can. And in 15 minutes, it gives you the opportunity to say, yes, I want to bring them back for more information, or no, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, so 15 minutes is enough to at least start a profile. Sure. And, uh, again, this is our first or maybe second time to see some of these guys, the upper uh, – the seniors from the senior board, all-star circuit, the juniors. It's it's the very first time underclassmen. And then – And this, the coaches are more involved now too. And correct. Right, yeah. This leads into the pro days, which leads into the 30 visits that you bring into your city and then leads into people that you want to go visit on your own. So this is enough definitely to open up communications for the next step. Okay, great. Um, over our shoulder is the bench press, and tomorrow there will be guys benching. I don't know if you know Buddy Morris, but he was our yep. strength coach with, at Pitt when I was it, there and learned a ton from him. He hated that drill. <laughs> and here's why. I mean, he said, and, and I think it's a really well good way to look at it, is football, you get 30 seconds or a minute to break, and then you play hard for a couple, and then you rest again. Where he used to say the bench is just an endurance, you know, it's, it's really not a strength, a, a football corollary. Do you agree with that? I mean, what, what value do you see in the bench? Again, the way it's structured. Um, you know, Buddy being a strength coach knows mm-hmm. a lot more than I do on that on that aspect. Um, but I think what they look at is like we have to find a parameter to to you don't want them benching four hundred pounds up yeah, there and getting no hurt, or, right? So you know, not, right. And then like let's not put a whole lot on the bar for the quarterbacks who kind of pick and choose if they're going to sure, do sure. it. Um, you know, we from the the people running the drills haven't had the opportunity to know where each and every player is so they kind of just you know the number was selected here's what it is and let's let's get the best out of it that we can mm-hmm. um, but no we aren't like hey he got 42 reps which means he's gonna be a first round pick now he's super strong all Correct. of a sudden yeah Correct. right or he only got seven he can't play football mm-hmm. um, but you know just in general we take a look at the numbers and we we just add that as another piece of the pie and all sure. the information that we have gathered the one thing i do look at it though is these players know it's coming so they know they're auditioning. If they go up there and really show poorly, it makes me wonder, you know, how much time have you spent in the weight room? How much have you prepped for this test? Not that it means they can't push people around on the field, but you knew it was coming. 
for sure. You're, prep, yeah. you're prepping for an interview. Um, it's pretty much like an like an open open book test mm-hmm. where you have the book before you come. Right, so right. There, should, you know there, shouldn't, there right. shouldn't be any surprises um, from a preparation standpoint. Um, that's part of you know what you also look at knowing that going into it. Okay. Um, the 40-yard dash is the drill everyone's watching on TV and Chris Johnson and Ross and all these, you know, let's, let's see four fours left and right. I wanted to ask you a couple, about a couple other drills that are specific to positions that I'm a real believer in that you might not think. And to me, I love the short shuttle for offensive linemen, mm-hmm. that they never block something that's stationary. You think these big, heavy guys, they just come off the ball and mash people. But being able to change direction and space, to me, really separates the good from the great sometimes. Absolutely. It's huge. Uh, like you said, the short shuttle and the mm-hmm. three count, people uh, that don't really know we're looking at the number. And sure, the number is great, but we're, re- we're really looking at the bend, the change of direction, mm-hmm. the transition off the line, um, and how quick they can get in and k- get out of their cuts, like as far as the three count is concerned. You would think uh, big fat guys, that doesn't matter. It's only for corners and whatnot. But I think it's the opposite. No question. Watch them bend. Yeah. You know, are they going to – like, unfortunately, you get, to, yeah. you get to the pro days and some guys that aren't capable, you'd be surprised how many times it takes – yeah, right, right. For right. an offensive lineman incapable to get done with that particular drill six, seven, eight times. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you kind of take it for granted when these dudes are coming in, boom, boom, getting in, getting out. Uh, but, yeah, bend, explosion, getting in and off the line, and athleticism are all shown in that 20-yard uh, drill. And if you look at the, the lineman last year, Quentin Nelson obviously had a phenomenal season. He was a really early pick. And there was four or five in the shuttle that did – as well as Nelson or better, they all were really high picks, and with the only exception of Noteboom, who was kind of a project, and he might you know better days ahead of him, but he was still a third-round guy too. I mean, the, the league's noticing these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, Noteboom was a guy that was lighter. Yeah, right, lighter right. Dudes. A little bit of a project. Um, more of an, an athlete mm-hmm. to a football player, so I think he, he stuck came behind in Whitworth and good right. players there too. He, he crushed uh, all the drills, if yeah, I recall right. Um. Last thing I just kind of want to mention, too, is you mentioned the three-cone drill. And some of these taller, not basketball body types, but I really think it's a great drill for tight ends and more than anything for edge pass rushers. I mean, I think it's a perfect drill for edge guys. You know, guys like Von Miller and J.J. Watt, different body types, kill that drill. Seeing those guys on that last cone bend, mm-hmm. sink their hips, dip the shoulder, and, and cut the edge is just like them cutting the corner. Uh, coming off the edge in a, in a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Or, or into a, in tight ends as well, sort of running routes and, yep. you know, coming out of their breaks and those type of things. Mm-hmm. So I'd like our listeners to, to pay a little bit more attention to those, especially at those two specific positions. Brandon Hunt, pro scouting coordinator of the Steelers, with us here on SNR. The question I had for you, how do you balance a few days like this compared to a, a guy's entire body of work, you know, from his college day? Was, where's the... The, the kind of the balance there, you put more stock into one or another. Is it a 50-50 split? How's that work for, for you? For sure. You keep it all into perspective. Like uh, what this guy is going to be is obviously what you've already seen. And uh, this is just answering questions. Like if you go into this combine and you're like, hey, I think this guy is fast, and he comes and he runs fast, you're like, all right, boom, that box is checked. Sure. You go in, uh, you thought that guy wasn't going to run very fast, and he doesn't, boom, that box is checked. If you go in and that guy runs faster than you think, then you just go in and you're able to go do more homework. You mm-hmm. know, that's what it, that's what it does. But it doesn't, like you guys said, wow, that guy who we thought was slow ran really fast. Let's take him from the 
undrafted sure. and all of a sudden put a third round grade yeah, on right, him all right, of a sudden. Yeah, all this is doing is it's another piece of the puzzle to allow us to check off another box to see maybe go back to the tapes exactly if you have to. Where we are and boom, okay, now let's go see if he maintains that. You know, he's been using these last three months to prepare for the for the forty yard dash and the short shuttle. Let's see how he does in his receiver drills. And then let's see how he does his pro day. Does he maintain that at his pro day? Does he do the same thing? Now he's not working for that. I got one more question for you, too, from, again, you're more pro than college. So I think it's really interesting that the, the Steelers organization and all these organizations as a whole begin their profile on these guys now. But you might be looking at them in free agency four years down the road, and they've had three injuries, and they were in the wrong scheme, and have had two coaches. But you remember what you guys had. You had a baseline of them still from college, I mean, even through their pro career. Can you kind of explain how that grade changes and Absolutely. how that works? The best part about um, having this opportunity that I have is, you know, I get a chance to see all these 300-plus players that are at the Combine. I get a chance to watch them all work out. Um, you know, we're doing all this for seven opportunities. But in four years when free agency, free agency comes around, I'll remember, okay, this is what that guy did in free agency. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, this is what that guy did in the draft. Um, while I'm watching the tape, all right, cool, this was a good player that they took pretty high, and he's he is or isn't maintaining what we thought. Um, and then I just continue to take he got the better, draft. He got worse. Or right. Not being you used take, right. Or you yeah. take the pro and then, boom, move into free agency. Um, and, and it all kind of goes together. And I'll, I'll know a lot more players than I did. You know, every year we play our we play our 16 games or whatever, but there's going to be a lot of players that I did not see. But I did – I do have background on them from when they came out. I lied. I have one more question. <laughs> no there's a new league, and, yes. we're, and we're watching these. Is that change where the pro – scouting is going to go to i'm sure you guys have to be on top of that stuff of course it, it doesn't change anything it just adds just um, another it, it gives us another piece i did the cfl with the browns and absolutely nobody got to read my reports because we all got fired but <laughs> <laughs> but that was what you know, so it's kind of like that but a better league and Correct. a more you know. another piece of information normally we have these guys um that are on the streets and you don't, you don't know where they are from a shape standpoint mm -hmm. you know now you, you get to know hey that guy is in good shape because he has been playing playing recent football um, but, you know, a lot of those guys we have covered because we've been watching those guys in, in, in the preseason. You know, these are a lot of the players. They take sure. the best of what's available. You were, they were on your list to begin yeah. with. Right. Absolutely. There's but you get more info. It's great. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Last one I've got for you. What's the one thing that you're most looking forward to this week, whether it be a specific drill, uh, maybe it's just going out to dinner somewhere here in Indy. What's the one thing you're looking forward to the most this week? Uh, from a football standpoint, it's definitely the interviews to get to meet some of these guys that, you know, we've seen watching college football. Sure. You know, we've seen Heisman Trophy winners, and we've seen different guys on these award stages. And getting my hands on these guys, shake their hands, uh, s square them up, size them up, that would be from a football standpoint. And then um, – from the non-football standpoint, just to be honest, is, is getting around the city of Indianapolis with all these NFL people, and we're all here networking and doing the exact same thing, just trying to make our own teams better and just competing with our own uh, colleagues, which is which is awesome, an opportunity. I know a couple years ago, one of my guys told me it's a blessing to be able to make it to a season, uh, to be able to make it to a senior bowl, to be able to make it to the combine, to be able to make it to a draft, and a lot of people don't get to do that. You know, you're sure, just right. talking about Cleveland. Right. So just the opportunity to be here, is great in itself, and just I'm excited to just be here and be in the mix amongst all these people. Brandon Hunt, Steelers Pro Scouting Coordinator. Brandon, thank you so much for, for giving us a few minutes of time and what I'm sure has said very busy week for you. We, we really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure now to bring back an old friend of the podcast, an old friend of mine. It is the former scout, Matt Williamson. M-Dub, what is happening? 
Pod Vader, what is up, brother? How are you? It has certainly been too long. We we, we can't we can't have these stretches that go this far apart. It's yeah, not, it's not acceptable. I hundred percent agree. I just got back from Indy a night ago. Saw a bunch of our old cohorts floating around town too. Some with ESPN still, some not, of course. But uh, yeah, it was great to see a bunch of faces. I haven't seen your smiling mug in a while. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know when the next time you'll see me. But if you know you uh, have a food delivery or something, you know, there's a chance I could come to your door. You never know. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you brought up Indy because that's exactly why I reached out to you to talk to you on the cool. podcast. Was this the first time you've been to the Combine or have you been to others? No, no, no. Steeler Nation Radio has sent me now four years in a row. We sent up on Radio Row and actually we were right next to ESPN. I grabbed Matthew Barry for an interview. It, it's a fun time because there's people walking around that I grab in the business. I was on the air four hours a day. And, of course, I went when I was with the Browns, of course. I, and I think I did a year or two early in my ESPN days with McShay's crew. I used to go to the Senior Bowl and Combine with those guys. Okay. So, how yeah. has how's it changed? How has it evolved oh, over the years? It really has. I mean, even, like, if you talk to the old school guys, or even, like, my first couple years there, it, it was very lightly attended and – uh, publicized compared to now. I mean, now there's a fan experience. At 1 o'clock, the door's open, and there's fans everywhere. They can try on Super Bowl rings. They can do a bench press. The The big bench press thing is going right next to us on a big stage. It's totally full, mostly with scouts, but also with fans. You know, all the, the podiums are set up right next to us, and that's just right in the convention center. And access into the building itself to see the tests is easier but it's crazy for me is, you know, I'm catching up on everything now. I mean, all day I'm watching on NFL Network that I recorded because I'm kind of out of the loop on the testings because I'm on the air the whole time. Mm. So well, well, you know, I, I know from talking to, to the guys back at ESPN, and we had Dave T. Thomas on last week tell us, the combine for teams, really the only important part are the medical stuff. You know, they get I all the medical information uh, and much, yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to be the that's where I'm leading to. So, how much of that do you agree with, and how much of the testing actually does get, um, you know, included in the scouting report for a player? Yeah, I mean, really, the original reason for having the combine was let's get 32 groups of team doctors all together working on one young man's knee, whatever. So we don't have to travel all over the world. It'll save money for all of us to be here once, one-stop shopping. And that doesn't mean they all interpret a bad knee the same. I mean, they all have the same data. They all have the same access. But 29 teams might say that knee's great, and the other ones might say, I don't know. So it's all, you know, each team's interpretation. And to me, that is the most important thing that happens in Indy because when a guy falls, wow, he's a first-rounder. Why is he still available in the fourth? It's almost always medical. And those are the things that are hardest to get your – the info on too. Um, people often talk about, well, the other thing that people don't realize is, you know, all the interviews. And I do think the interviews are great because it's a lot of the time, especially the coaches first time to actually speak to some of these young men, but a lot of them are in 15 minute intervals where by the time you shake hands, sit down, you know, stand up and leave at the end. I think you can kind of fudge your way through that a little bit more than people like to like to believe and people are getting better at that now. Yes, it's important, 
But, hey, I mean, the physical tests are important, too. I mean, to me, this is a big piece of the scouting puzzle overall. But I'm more into three-cone drills and shuttles and things like that. Like, I don't care much about the bench. I think the 40 is overrated. And it's all position-dependent, of course. But those drills are important. And, it's you know, it's valuable to have 25 wide receivers all next to each other on the same surface doing the same things. Um. Obviously, nobody wants to get the next Mike Mamula, the workout warrior who uh, wows at the combine and then underperforms in the NFL. But this year's workout warrior might be DK Metcalf, but he was already listed as a top wide receiving prospect. Was he right? Absolutely. And he he had some injuries. He has two other guys on his team that are going to get drafted at the same position, but massively looks like Tarzan, too. Like, you can't miss this guy, and you see the the pictures online with him without a shirt on. Holy smokes, I can't believe he's a wide receiver. So he catches your eye no matter what. Highly productive when he gets the chance, though. I mean, like, if you just look at his box score numbers, they're not that great. But I've seen some of the analytical people talking about production per route run is a lot better than just his, you know, final fantasy line. Blew it up at the Combine. But I do urge people to, to double-check. I mean, I mentioned shuttles and three cones. All his change of direction drill stuff he did was at the bottom of the list. You know, and Mike Evans was that way. I mean, you'll see guys that are that way that are still successful. But you better be used that way, too. I don't want him exploding in and out of breaks as much as, you know, running downfield and being big. So be careful that you don't overlook where he fell short, too. The super fans have some phenomenal questions here about scouting in the combine uh nick wants to know how much does the combine actually move players on the board can it move them up one round two rounds do you see any of those any of those things happening and you hear any of those conversations at st elmo's yes i i think so um I, I, the standard scout answer is boy he ran faster than i thought boy he ran slower than i thought i need to go back to the tape and see if I missed something or watched the wrong games or whatever. And that's definitely true. But I also think the truth is it breaks a lot of ties. Um, a guy that runs much better or tests much better than you thought absolutely moves up. I know that people say they don't. I don't believe that. I think a round or two is certainly possible. Um, but I also think that the key is the coaches get involved, and they weren't involved at the beginning. And now that they're involved, they say, boy, here's this moldable lump of athletic clay. I'm the best coach in the world. I'll turn him into a star, you know, where they weren't in the scouting process a week, a month or two ago. I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, got to put his game tape back on because uh, James, our Eagles super fan, uh, mentions that we often hear scouts say, just put on his game tape when referencing some prospects. And then others will say, well, we'll wait till the combine. What basic thought process is behind each of those statements? And which is more true? Um, that one might be more scout to scout, team to team. I certainly think that there are teams that lean tape over athleticism and spark scores and things like that. And I think there's vice versa. That's a tough one to answer. I mean, I don't know that there's a definitive answer on that one. I'm glad you brought up spark scores because yeah. James is our Texan super fan. He's very much into the stats and wants to know how many teams are using spark score instead of just the raw numbers. And do teams have their own version of the spark that combines all the numbers into a single number? 
Yeah, I do think that more and more people are using that because it absolutely is noteworthy and proven. But I think even more so, though, like I recently wrote articles that I think specific drills, the smartest teams are looking at specific drills for specific positions. In an article I just wrote, there's a real obvious correlation between the three-cone and edge pass rushers. Like Von Miller has the best three-cone in recent memory. J.J. Watts was terrific. Like, there's the guys that are elite in that category rarely bust, and they turn, you know, good prospects into exceptional all-time great ones. And another one that I'm a big believer in is offensive linemen short shuttle. You know, like, you'd think, why do I care about big fat guys doing the short shuttle? Well, if you think about it, they're always blocking men that are much more athletic than them, Often in some sort of space, it might be tight quarters, but it's not just you got your hands on a barium. You got to go hit a moving target. You have to change directions. You have to change your course. And a big thing I learned from Phil Savage, who learned it from Ozzie Newsome and the Ravens, is with offensive linemen, if you're smart and you're tough, it's really hard to get you out of the lineup, and you often have a very long, successful career. But if you can add that athleticism in terms of changing directions in space, all of a sudden, now you have a top-notch prospect. Hmm. Makes sense? He, it does. It does. Uh, James also wants to know, which of the stats are just threshold stats and what are incremental? And uh, for an example, he says, does it matter if a dude can do 30 reps or 31 reps, or is it more important that he just exceeded 25? Yeah, it's a good way of thinking about it, especially with that drill. Like, I mean, one thing I do when the, I'll do this tomorrow, when the combine's all done, I'll look at every drill and I'll look at who are the top 10%, who are the top, who are the bottom 10%, you know, who are the outliers and everybody in the middle's kind of the same, you know what I mean? Mm. But especially for the, the bench, because I think that's a dumb drill to be honest with you. Like my, the strength coach I was with at Pitt hated it and he quickly convinced me that makes no sense. And here's the logic why is football you play for what, five, six, seven seconds, and then you rest for 30. And then you go exert a lot of effort again, and then you rest for a while. And then you do it again, and then you sit on the bench. You know, where the the strength test, the bench test, is really more of an endurance test where how long can you continue to move this 225 around as opposed to exerting a lot of power in a short burst and then stopping and trying again. I don't know how that there'd be a better one. You don't put 450 on the bar. People get hurt, you know what I mean, and do it once. So that one I don't put much into. But I do think that because you know the test is coming, you have the cheat sheet that, you know, you know what you're going to be asked to do. If you come in there and you look really poor doing it, it just makes you wonder how much time did you spend in the weight room? How seriously did you take the test? But even if a guy comes in and does 45 as opposed to 30, I'm not like, boy, he's a ton stronger for football. <laughs> uh, got another – one more question here. This one's cool. from Monty. Uh, and this one is um, – it's a little bit uh, deeper than, than some of these other ones. And it has to go with how much the scouts are aware of the media pumping up a guy during a process. He says, like, if a scout comes back from Indies drinking with other scouts and after watching the game fill – film is shocked to see ESPN touting someone as a day one guy when literally nobody that watched the guy play thought he would go until round three, or are they just oblivious to what the draft Knicks are saying, have their heads down and working nonstop? My guess is it's probably a little bit of both, right? 
I'm sure there are some grinders, you know, that don't care at all. And I'm sure your boy Belichick doesn't care one bit. You know what I mean? Doesn't influence his life one bit. And we see his drafts do that time and time again where Mel and Todd go, wow, I can't believe you took him in the second round, you know. But overall, I think more and more the media influences things. And late night at the bars, you're seeing team official, you know, team guys, scouts, players, coaches, interacting with, with um, you know, media members left and right. Not even necessarily it's just the big-name guys, but there's a lot of that interaction. Everyone in the world's on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and the world's smaller now. And the other thing is, I think more than ever, there's so many good media evaluators out there now. And even some of the fantasy guys, you know, that have come up with new metrics that make a lot of sense, that I think you're foolish if you – I mean, it used to be a scout, like, I want every tool I can get. I'm going to go to the combine. I'm going to talk to this guy. I'm going to watch this film. I'm going to go to the senior bowl. Well, a tool I would use if I was in the league now is I'm going to hear what media members have to say. Like, that doesn't mean I have to agree with them, but why not hear one more good opinion? Well, and one of them became a general manager. Yeah, Um, right, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's probably not a bad idea. Right, right. Um, People are buying in. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to ask you about some specific players, but I know on one of your 10 million podcasts, I'm sure you'll you'll cover some of that. You got anybody that uh, really caught your eye that nobody else is necessarily talking about? Hmm. I'm sure, but I don't know that anyone comes to mind just jumping off the page right now. Um, I, I'm probably in about step five of 10 in my draft prep, so hmm. I've been a little reluctant, you know, to stand on the table for guys. Um, but I'm starting to really warm up to the class overall. And, you know, the, the last day of watching tape today, I mean, it's Monday here around 4.30 Eastern. I'll be a lot more knowledgeable later in the week, to be very honest with you. But then I'm warming up to some guys, but not ready to plant my flag on any yet. How about for uh, fantasy? Monty wanted to give you wanted to give you a chance to plug uh, your dynasty podcast. Anybody, yeah. Uh, anybody improved their uh, draft position in uh, Quite a dynasty? bit. I mean, there's a lot of this receiver class in general and the top of the tight end class in general really looks good. This could rival the Ingram, Howard, Najoku, Kittle class for tight ends. Um, you mentioned Metcalf, but there's 10, 12 other receivers. I think stock is on the rise. So we'll be talking about that a lot. That's Dynasty Blueprint. That's a lot of Dynasty talk. And then I'm, I'm on Locked on NFL every day, too. Where can people find you, M-Dub? Those two podcasts and... Uh, just check me out on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. Awesome. M-Dub, cool, we will definitely have you back again much sooner than uh, last time. And uh, make sure to tip uh, your food delivery guy. I just did not long ago. <laughs> All right, brother. Good stuff. Thanks, M-Dub. We'll see it. Really good stuff there from those two interviews. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Two different perspectives. One with the fans basically asking me. And one with me basically asking the professionals. So I thought you guys would like that, you know, some idea of what's going on with teams and whatnot behind the scenes. As I mentioned to start the show, I will be back tomorrow with Mark Schofield. If there's any, it's awesome about Mark and Sandoz this way too, of course. If there's any specific topics you guys want, like, or that I've overlooked, just shoot me a a tweet and I'll do my best to bring those up too. So, and and that goes for the rest of the offseason, of course. So that is a wrap. I will be back tomorrow with Mark Sando after that. Make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a review, 
And make sure you, you use your uh, smart speaker in your car as well, too. I mean, that is a big thing we're pushing with the entire Locked On network. Get into your car. Just say, play Locked On NFL. You know, play podcast, Locked On NFL. And in your car, that's a big thing we're pushing right now, too. So over and out. <laughs> 